You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Pamela and Mariah. Yeah, and what's puberty? The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help. Hello. Hello. Hi, Pamela. Hi, Mariah. How's it going? It's it, things are good. Yeah, yeah. Cold and dead of winter. <laughs> yes, not super it's, fun. But no. you know. there's been terrible storms here in Utah. Very, very cold. But welcome to the Salty Sex Cast, everybody. Yeah, we're glad you're here. Do we want to introduce ourselves again? Is everybody bored of that? Oh, probably. But we let's should have do it someone again. else introduce us, like a quiz. How much do you know about us? <laughs> that is something what a friend said. She's like, I feel like I know so many details about you that you've never told me, but I'm like, I feel like a creepy fan. That's kind of cute. That's fun. But um, yeah, so I'm Mariah. I own Balance Your Wellness. It's a health consultancy business, and I do a lot of health and wellness coaching and health education and saw a gap in kind of adults knowledge on sexual health and sex in general so thus was born the salty sex cast (laughs) (laughs) and i'm pamela and i co-own silk and salt photography which is a boudoir photography studio here in salt lake area and um our mission is to empower humans to embrace their sexuality and to have more body positivity and that's almost exactly what we said for our patreon video isn't yeah. it mariah well when you had to say it you know 15 <laughs> takes we'll get it there yeah so we should be launching our patreon page here soon we'll let you know when that happens it's an opportunity for our listeners to support us get exclusive content so it's going to be really really exciting yeah um, we have a lot of fun extra Yes. extra thing yes we so will have if you just want more and more of the salty sex cast we will give it <laughs> you just gotta earn it a little bit that's right we won't make give you it work for free make you work for it just a teeny <laughs> tiny bit <laughs> all right well today's topic is a little more serious than some of our other topics definitely more serious than group sex yeah we're gonna talk about consent yeah um, you know and like how to set some boundaries possibly when, especially after consent hasn't been respected or has been crossed over, what do you do when boundaries have been crossed? Um, what do you do if you didn't even know you can set a boundary? Yeah. What yeah, are your rights? rights? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, I grew up um, not understanding my own rights. Like I had the right to say no. Yeah. Um. I don't know if that was because of the religious background that I was raised in, but I definitely was. When we're born, <laughs> when, <laughs> when we're growing up in this world, you know, we have a set of, you know, punishments and rewards, you know, natural consequences, things like that. Um, but a lot of times society will like punish and reward for things that kind of shape our personality, or not our personality, but our habits and how we react to the world around us. Uh-huh. Um, and I was definitely punished for speaking out um, and not and then rewarded for just placating people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I was given a set of scripted things to say and, you know, and do. And I just remember... And I was such a why kid, but why? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, was told, like, don't worry about it because I said so. Yeah. So, of course, that's going to stifle my own um, thought process on this is why. This is why yeah. I have this right. And this is why this boundary is important to me. Yeah. Um, and so I think just kind of, okay, I really learned how to stroke egos and placate. And that's my reward system was doing everything that I thought someone wanted. If someone asked me a question, I'd give you the answer that I knew that, or I thought that they wanted not. And it wasn't until like recently as an adult, that I've been able to have that reflection. God, I have, yeah. Similar story where I was just, I was raised with so much shame over Mm. speaking out or, you know, having an opinion or, um, just wanting to do anything differently than, than what was perceived as the norm you know and so yeah I just I it took me a really long time to come into my own and be able to speak up for myself and not feel terrified like I was going to get in trouble with another adult right (laughs) which is ridiculous and I think in trouble I think it's a really uh, common theme with women especially in our society that we, we are afraid to speak up even when we know something's really wrong even when we know someone's being abusive mm-hmm. it is really hard to tell someone to stop really hard and how do you even do that without causing more grief than what you're getting with just con- like not consenting sorry with just placating right you know it's like okay I don't like what's happening but I'm worried if I speak up it's going to be even worse oh yeah so how do you kind of set those healthy boundaries first mm-hmm. before someone even crosses it? Um, what are maybe some warning signs that you start seeing that someone's probably doesn't even respect you have those rights or your own boundaries? Oh, that's a good one. Let's talk about that. Um, I can tell you just boyfriends upon boyfriends and I call them boyfriends, but they were never like anyone that I was probably really attached to. It's probably just um, I found attention from this person. Yeah. You know, and so, and we spent time together. (laughs) Um, What kind of time, Mariah? Yep, all the kind of time. (laughs) Yeah. And they did not respect me, which in turn did not make me feel like I respected. I felt I just had no self-worth. Right. I felt like I had no um, right to stand up for myself. And that's really the issue is that if you don't feel self-worth, you're not likely to find partners um who who respect you oh completely yeah or see your worth at all i mean that's just the natural order of things for sure yeah Um, so what were some of the warning signs that you saw in these quote-unquote boyfriends what did they have in common (laughs) (laughs) it's so hard i have to take my professional hat off a little bit for this i mean so i teach domestic violence um like psychoeducational groups, like classes. So, um, to survivors. So we talk about like what makes an abuser, what are some warning signs, but I have to really take off cause I know what the textbook says and then I know what I've gone through. Okay. You know, are they different then? No, they're really the same, but I didn't want to give you the, <laughs> the textbook answer. <laughs> the textbook answer. Gotcha. And I can give you both. Okay. Um, but I remember like, I just always like would go for like the guy, that, the guy that's a little derogatory, you know, like, yeah, kind of like be a little mean you know it's kind of 
But in a teasing way, so it felt it okay. It felt like it was a teasing way, mm-hmm. but there's always truth behind that. Oh, yeah. And so their viewpoints on women were less than mm. automatically. So they were digging at you, but in a humor, they kind of covered it with humor. They masked it with humor or even like a dominant and submissive type, uh. you know, um, like I'll take care of you type thing. And definitely never a partnership. Yeah. There was always someone that was more important than the other. So and, you didn't feel like an, me. you never yeah. felt like an equal. Oh, no, no. Um, and that like I had a place in a role mm-hmm. like that was something very consistent that I remember like um, you're here for my entertainment oh. kind of thing more than so you felt used. And back then I didn't like that was um, I appreciated the attention. Ah. So I overlooked a lot of those like red flags and, and really and it just little digs, little chips over and over and over again mm. the wore me down to like that's why I had no self-esteem no self-worth um but yeah so those were some of the warning signs I mean we talk about in our in our groups that like um usually dominant uh personality that degrades you consistently mm-hmm. not not a role this isn't a um that's not role playing in the no, bedroom no nope. that's different very very different and there i don't think there's it's, anything wrong with that yeah at all. if you're asking fun. right if you're asking for that that is perfectly fine yeah no this is something yeah and then um you know they have a belief system again their value system is been put on um my life and my existence is more important than another's Mm. um and it's usually uh male is more important than female Mm. typically it's not always there's always that you know Mm -hmm. those outliers but um so are they usually narcissists quite a bit so quite a bit so um they're what they do is not wrong Mm-hmm. either it's and again we talked about those value or those uh punishments and rewards system yeah um they were rewarded early on with either aggressive behavior or belittling behavior whether it was like i'm going to punch you know billy on the playground so i can get the swings I see. and no one kind of put me like and addressed the behavior yeah so natural consequence was i got the swing not i got time mm. out kind of thing yeah um, so lots of things go into it, but for me, just not even understanding I had those basic rights and mm-hmm. could stand up for myself. And then even once I kind of did start feeling that frustration and just understanding that I was so hollow, mm-hmm. so empty, and I was not sure the attention was fun, but it was very, very short lived. Yeah. Um, I think like I was just really extremely frustrated because I'm like, what do I do from here? Like, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to set boundaries. I've only learned in the last, you know, few years of my adulthood how to set good, healthy boundaries. Not, I mean, because I think there's, you know, the different types of boundaries, you know, like if you're assertive, that's a good boundary. If you can communicate it assertively. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of people are a little more passive where they kind of beat around the bush. Yeah. Um, or there's people that are very, very aggressive who are just like, no, this is my way or the highway. And sometimes they actually become like the aggressor 
yeah. to someone else's story and they're the ones who cross other people's boundaries. Mm. So, so what are some boundaries that you recently put in place for yourself just in the last few years? Don't and fucking waste my time. <laughs> <laughs> and how do you communicate this part B? <laughs> how do you communicate that? So always with the word fuck. Is that <laughs> how you stay assertive? Um, we have some phone interference. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Bert's the culprit. <laughs> I've, I've got my husband here tonight. Say hi, Bert. Hi, Bert. Oh, microphone's turned down. Hi, Bert. Sorry. Hi, go. Bert. <laughs> <laughs> all good. All good. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the boundaries as an adult now are like, you know, time wasting. Yeah. Um, you know, like, how do I put my boundary like, hey... And, and also knowing your priorities, too. It's like, where do you need to set boundaries down? Because your priorities aren't straight, type thing. Mm, yeah. Um, time wasting, and I think just feeling um, used. Mm. I did get very aggressive for a few years about it, you know, because I was like, as soon as I realized what was happening, and then... Um, that I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. yeah I yeah. feel like that that's pretty common. That aggression, I think, comes from a lack of confidence. Yeah. You know, that like you don't know how else to communicate and you feel like if you're not aggressive, people won't respect you. <laughs> and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, oh, wait a minute. I deserve this respect. This boundary is um, absolutely fair. And, you know, there's, there's no reason that people shouldn't keep, you know, keep respect my boundary yeah yeah so what about you you said you had a similar kind of that guilt and shame mm -hmm. was brought upon you when you were younger what's your story on like boundaries and self-worth and your rights um so my I feel like you're very very confident and you very very much know where you come from yeah how'd you get there how did I get there <laughs> um Gosh, that's, it's an interesting story because it's so closely linked to my exodus from religion with, okay. <laughs> with my family and everything. But, um, I, so I was in a leadership position in the Mormon church and that actually helped me to see that I didn't believe in the tenets of the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also helped me develop confidence while I was in that position. Yeah. So the, the two things sort of went hand in hand. That was probably the, yeah, the first step for me out of the door, um, was being in this position where I had to help other women who were in, you know, really difficult places in their lives. And so I became like a mother and a counselor and, and all this to all of these women. And then I also saw the, the kind of corruption and you know just um I, I don't know just a, a lot of things in the church that I I didn't respect and so um I decided <laughs> after a series of events that actually I was atheist and having to tell the leadership of the church that I no longer believed in Ooh. yeah like in a in a calm and and but but firm way mm -hmm. like no I'm not changing my mind 
You know, you can pray for me all you want, but I know what I believe now. That was probably the hardest thing for me to, to do, but it, it started me on my path to discovering myself and setting boundaries and letting people know, um, who I was without any fear of, of the repercussions, you know? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to take that fear away, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I think, you know, when you've hit a good, like, how do I know if I'm a- assertively communicating my boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, because those repercussions aren't there, Yeah, you know, or I mean, they are, I'm not going to say, um, but they're less lessened than what someone crossing the boundary would be you know like we said that that's a fear of like if I communicate this is the boundary is someone going to retaliate or and I'm worried that it's just I'll just take this whatever it is instead of standing up for myself kind yeah. of thing so yeah I think a good boundary is where you consider both parties you know, it's like, hey, I appreciate your offer to pray for me, um, but that's just not something yeah. I believe in. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ask you not to pray for me. I'm not going to stop you from doing it, obviously. Yeah. But just but so you know my stance like, on it. Yeah. Instead of, you know, and, and some people were like, oh, if you set a boundary, it has to be like a clear like line in the sand and be like, don't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm done. You know, and it's yeah. like, well, that's a little more aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> So I always just, you know, and then assertive is, or not assertive, passive is where you only think of the other person or the other party that you're trying to set this boundary with. Be like, you're, well, That's when you're a pleaser. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if that's what you really want. I yeah. mean, I kind of didn't want to do this, but. But I'm going to okay. cave. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it doesn't even have to be verbal. It can just no. be, I'm afraid to speak up for myself. And so you automatically get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. So how to set boundaries, you know, when it's assertive passive or aggressive you can kind of hear in in tone and speech and even language um you know sometimes uh you're trying to set this boundary with somebody um and you over explain why it needs to be a boundary and if this person is someone who's going to push a boundary they hear all of your over explaining as excuses um and so they're like well if i can get through these excuses the boundary like isn't there you know so it's like if you had a friend like hey can you do this for me and you just don't want to or don't care to or whatever and you just say well I just don't have time right now you know my kid's sick you know and this is going on and they're like oh well when your kid's better can you still do it for me Mm. when you have time can you still do it for me yeah you know and just saying oh I'm so appreciative that you trusted me with helping you that with you with that blah 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 (laughs) um but, you know, I can't. Yeah. Super simple. Yeah. I appreciate you coming to me. And a lot of times I like to say, like, um, a thank you instead of a I'm sorry. Because oh. I'm sorry, again, still puts the power in the other person. Oh, it's like you're wrong. And so you have to apologize for being wrong. Almost. Subconsciously. So what about saying, because a lot of times I'll say, I wish I could. Yeah. But I can't. <laughs> Yeah. Is that, is that handing over my power? No, I think it's still kind of like I'm I'm still acknowledging your need. You still have a need mm-hmm. and I still care enough to recognize that need, mm-hmm. but I'm not willing to fulfill it. Okay. 
um, I'm either unable to or unwilling to or not comfortable to. And that goes for any type of need. Time need, monetary need, um, you know, love need, affection, sexual need. Any type of that that someone's like demanding or asking of you, regardless of how it comes out for them. Um, If you just address that, like, I see you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, But no. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how, let's bring this all back around to sex. (laughs) (laughs) Since this is a sex cast. So um, how does that consent apply when you are in the middle of a sexual situation with someone that you know and thought you trusted and they cross that boundary that maybe you didn't know you had to set Mm. you know it's your personal boundary that you haven't communicated and you feel like well they haven't given me a chance to communicate it they didn't ask they just took right Mm -hmm. it happens often um so this is where consent is constant Mm. and every not even you know when you hear a lot of people saying like oh every step of the way every step of the way yeah um i'm either getting verbal or or like a physical kind of consent like you Mm -hmm. can tell when people are into it or not kind of thing right um but even if they say yes to one act does not mean it's a consistent yes the rest of the time you're with that person if it's like one sexual experience or one evening or even a whole relationship um So how do you actually communicate that when you're in the heat of the moment? That's really the hardest type Mm -hmm. of trying to kind of bring that up, stand up for yourself, not completely either kill the mood or get that person defensive because then that can totally ruin like either a relationship or, um, you know, like a vibe or whatever. Um, Give me an ex- a specific example, and I can try to role play this with you. Okay. <laughs> so I am one of the minority of women who's never been the, the victim of any type of sexual aggression. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I've heard a lot of people's stories. Um, you know, that's it's surprising to me, but in my line of work, um, a lot of times my client will share their stories with me. And they'll say, you know, I'm I'm doing this boudoir shoot because I'm taking back my body. Taking back the power. Yeah, I'm taking back the power. I'm, you know, learning to love myself again and to I'm learning how to be a, a sexual being again because for a long time I didn't want to because of this experience or whatever. <clears throat> so one of my recent clients, um, she said that she went to a friend's house and you know it was someone that she trusted and um i believe her story was that the the friend the friend's boyfriend maybe ended up um raping her for like many many hours and the friend was um like helping or assisting assisting in some way or, or even not even standing up for it yeah and just you are still part of that crime right or that i mean not speaking up is also agreeing yeah as hard as that is to say but you can be prosecuted in court like that like really does even bring up in like a legal sense too but moral and just like and 
for humanity reasons, like stand up for people that you know who are yeah. getting advantage, taken advantage of. Yeah. But okay, sorry. There's <laughs> sorry. Random ta- tangent. Oh. <laughs> Words today are really hard. Yeah. Um. That one's hard because I mean, that person straight up was a rapist. I mean, you can't say no, yeah. and they're gonna respect that boundary. Um. So that's really hard um, to what's really going to be, you know, her struggle or someone's struggle who after that is how do I set those boundaries with other people now? Yeah. How do I communicate that this is a problem or not? I don't even want to say a problem, but I have distrust yeah. for a lot of people now because of this issue. But I'm not I don't want to share my story with you. I don't have to. Yeah. No one has to. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we finally kind of given people the platform, like the the hashtag like Me Too movement, mm-hmm. things like that, you know. So it's kind of finally given someone like, I get the opportunity that it's not so awkward to say this. And I want people to know that it has happened to me. But maybe I'm not ready to share my story in depth, whatever. Um, but really, it's going to be how do you set a boundary with somebody? And it'll probably be like, hey, you want to come over to our house? And she's now worried that something's going to happen that she doesn't want to or whatever and just or um it can be like I would love to but can I bring a friend you know and just Mm. trying to have those different boundaries for your safety as well yeah this is kind of going off on a different side of that as well but um okay um sorry (laughs) deciding how much I wanted to say for me, my experience was um, I was 15 and I was drinking um, with a friend who was also 15 and a guy that went to her church and he was 19 and he had a, another college buddy with him. Uh. Um, so it was us four and um, uh, they had had a sexual relationship already before, and so, like, there was history there, so they kind of went off, and so then it was just, like, left me with this other guy that I didn't really know, and, you know, I was having fun with the power of flirting, kind of like, ooh, I have this, like... Older guy. Yeah, yeah. and and I can tell he does want me, and it's this is fun, um, and I... You know, I, when you're kind of drunk, things kind of are blurry. And then, mm-hmm. like, you come to at certain moments. Yeah. And they're very, very vivid. Um, there was just a very, very vivid moment of him penetrating me. And he had a, a dick piercing. And so, like, I just remember, like, seeing how much that was uncomfortable. And it yeah. hurt. And I was like, stop, no. Yeah. Um, but that's all I really remember of saying no, stop. Yeah. Um, and I think I just kind of like let things happen and I kind of, you know, fuzzy in and out. Um, I don't remember the ride home. I do remember puking in the street right in front of my home before I even like walked in the door. Yeah. Um, I held that for a long time thinking it was 100% my fault because you were drunk. I chose to drink. I chose not to make a scene. Mm. I chose not to tell anyone. Mm. That was the other thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know how to tell anyone without sounding like I was being dramatic. Because that was another thing kind of growing up. 
you know, I was told like I was either bossy or dramatic and I am, I'm a loud personality and I've always had, always have been, this isn't anything new. Now I've just allowed myself to do it and, and appropriately, you know, having to know when to shut the fuck up too. <laughs> um, and so that was something that was really hard for me. Um, because now I felt like I didn't have the right to say anything. I don't have the right to complain. Mm. I didn't use my words when I had the chance. So I don't have the right to, Ooh, I'm getting emotional. So I didn't know I had the right to say no to anyone else. Mm. So I allowed myself to, um, be defined by that for a long time. Yeah. Um, because you know, those rights and consent was out the door. Yeah. I am, I just didn't even realize that like people should ask and I would like kind of like laugh if ever a guy asked, it'd be like, I'm a girl, aren't I? Isn't oh. that what I'm here for? Wow. You know, and even that's kind of like my viewpoint on things for a little, you know, for a couple years stretch. Um, was that your first sexual experience? No. So I think there was also guilt with the first one too. So it was kind of like... You thought you deserved it because you had already lost your Yeah, you're already deflowered. Who cares? I see. You know, like that's already over. You can't get that back. So who cares? No. But was your first experience with consent? Yeah, I don't talk about my first experience. It was god awful. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was very um, peer pressured, I think. Yeah. Kind of trying to. Well, if you were 15 or younger then, yeah. Yeah, it was 15. Yeah. Um, so for me, understanding that I even had rights to say anything, then there was a boundary that I could even communicate then that, um, what does consent even look like? Yeah. Um, because if somebody's even asking for my consent and I don't realize I have rights, I'm not going to even recognize it as consent. It's true. It is an absolute fucking travesty that we don't educate our kids mm-hmm. from a super young age about this. Um, that was something that, because I was like, no means no. And we're really, really big at that in our house. Yeah. And then someone was saying, they're like, well, you also need to teach yes means yes. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And like, it was just like one of those like light bulb, light bulb. moments. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sure. And like all the children's books I've read, you know, like parenting books and things. It's like, I'm sure there was something about it, but it never really like clicked. Um, and even just like with our kids, because uh, I have three kids. Um, they're 10, 8 and 6 right now. And they're kind of at the stage where they'll pester each other until they can get a yes from each other. <laughs> you know, like I want to say like they always fight over a certain spot in the car. And so they're like, I want to sit here. Just please, please. Like you mm. let me do it last time and like all this stuff. And so I'm like, that's coercion. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but, you know, trying to say like you don't have to say yes, even if someone's going to bug and bug and bug and bug and bug you. And I remember it was easier to say yes to boys asking for things than it was just to have to listen to them. Like, that's how bad I'm like horrible and not even understanding what I was doing for myself. Yeah. Um, And also what what I was doing for them. What were you teaching them? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That I was rewarding that behavior. Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, I'm like, if, 
if I didn't do it for myself, I want to do it for the other women that these people would have, uh, you know, relationships with or whatever. Um, so I think that's what like kind of gives purpose behind that mm-hmm. story for myself is, you know, it's, I see it now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that was, that's just one of my stories. You know, obviously mm-hmm. it kind of turned into this horrible spiral downward, downward spiral of, um, yeah, just no self-worth and things like that. And just not understanding that I even had the right to say no. It's funny. Cause even like the adults in my life as a teenager, Mm-hmm. just learned how to placate really fast you know like really easy yeah. not really fast but really easy and just um you know I'm a high school dropout but I went back to school um and schmoozed all my teachers <laughs> <laughs> to give me grades for when I was not there like at all I did not go to school at all my sophomore year yeah um I was not even enrolled in the school and was able to kind of you know work my way through it and um, graduate on time because I was able to be like, oh, I know exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, I know what you want to hear. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Not only in like hear, see, do, you know, um, talk up to me in front of like the administration, like things like that. Like mm. even just stuff like that, I would totally do. And it was just, yeah. it's just kind of funny now looking back. I'm like, oh my gosh. I was just as manipulative as I was manipulated sure. at times, too. Be- yeah, because if you're being manipulated, you learn how to do that, right? Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, so consent, teaching our kids, you know, yes means yes. Um, if someone says no and just respecting it, I mean, you can say, you know, I'm asking you because of this reason. Mm-hmm. And if they still decide no, that's still their right to say no. Yeah, Everyone has that right to even say no. And you should respect and listen to it because that goes on both ends. Yeah, Not only how do I set the boundaries, but how do I respect other people's mm-hmm. without it ruining my own boundaries too? Because I kind of said that, you know, if you have a very aggressive boundary, sometimes it could be um, crossing someone else's. Mm-hmm. Um trying to think of like a specific example Hmm. I guess like some of my um, boundaries would be yeah no that's gonna be a terrible example (laughs) trying to like work it through my head anyway but like I mean you can well it doesn't have to be your boundary that you give the example for it could be I know. I'm just trying to think of anything, anything specific that someone can relate to. Okay. Um, Boys. Yeah. Ideas. <laughs> I mean, it's probably for like an after dark episode, but I lost my virginity without giving my permission. There was no conversation. It just happened. Oh, that's how I lost my virginity. <laughs> it is so true. There was no conversation. Yes, but did you consent? Um, I consented 
I guess, by not saying anything. To be fair. Right? I gave my consent not stopping it. I was like, this is new and exciting. I gave my consent by not stopping it. But I wish I'd have known about it so I could have enjoyed the moment. So where does one draw the line there? Right? Like, probably there should have been a conversation. Did, were you a willing participant? Okay, maybe this is a terrible... (laughs) (laughs) You're probably... Because that's what held me down in guilt for so long is because I didn't say no enough. I wasn't loud enough. I didn't involve other people. Like, I could have called my friend over. Yeah. I could have pushed him off. Anything. And so it's like, even when it's like, just because you don't say anything, that's not consent. Mm, yeah silence isn't consent you know and that's why it's like the yes means yes kind of thing and and that's just we're shifting it's different you know how long have you guys been married 58 years we listen we can we can have this conversation we we really haven't had this conversation yeah that's true i never felt that it was rape like i never characterized it in that way i always just you know knew that that's the direction the relationship was going anyway and we had talked about that it was going to happen sometime because that's what you want to hear it wasn't rape (laughs) (laughs) well well were you a willing participant yeah i was yes i mean every time it's your first time having sex you're going to be scared there's going to be some reservations but you still were like my reservations were about like what would my parents think and what would society think and all of that not i really don't want this i feel icky Mm -hmm. it's that gut feeling you get a gut feeling of like i want to throw up right no i didn't have that i was here I was head over heels for him and, and definitely wanted to be there. So We had been sexual before that. I mean, everything else but penetration, if you want to put it that way. And yeah. And I don't know. Did we ever have any conversations about any of that? Um, no, not really. I mean, I, I got the impression that you were a willing participant. You just had not had the conversation that th- this might happen tonight. Right. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Yes. It's not like he he didn't push himself on me or anything. And in fact, guys, this was a lot of years ago. <laughs> so I don't. Twenty-five years. I ago. don't remember it that well. I'm sorry, Bert. I love you. But um. <laughs> well, you've had a lot of like bird he, sex since then. I so. have, but it seems like he did it with like some hesitancy, and it was definitely gentle. So. It was more like a, I'm going to put myself in there a little bit and, huh? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> what do we think about this? I wish everybody could have seen your face right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, I didn't, I didn't object. So, so he took it as consent. But I, I think there's a good lesson in that and that, you know, he, like, in my mind, yeah, he didn't do anything wrong, but. But I think the standard should have been that we had a conversation first, especially because I was so much younger than him. Um, that would have well, been a better someone. thing to do. So True. some something that happened to me while I was in the military was I had sex with someone who didn't speak the same language as me. Oh. How do you give consent without... When you, when you have a language barrier. It doesn't have to be verbal consent. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, so when you keep saying, like, I mean, we she need was to have a conversation... 
relaxation. We didn't have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean everything needs to be like premeditative because that's like you know, kind of kills the mood a little bit. Okay. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. As soon Pre- as, yeah. As soon as it came out of my mouth, it premeditated. Just, premeditated. Is that what you wanted to say? Yep. Yeah. He ba- he basically. Okay. There we go. There. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, cause sometimes that does kill the mood. It's like, Hey, on Friday at 6 PM, yeah. six, why is that so early? <laughs> I'm so old. Uh, you know, cause no. we gotta get to bed by eight Mariah curfew. <laughs> um, no, so it's just like, it, it doesn't have to be verbal consent. Um, but also as the person who maybe is the more dominant or the one that's a little more eager, I would say, cause there's always that one person. I mean, sometimes it could be equal. Um, giving someone the opportunity to answer and then listening body language eye contact um facial expressions are huge uh oh that's kind of hard too with your first time because that's kind of hurts a little bit you're gonna make some weird facial expressions (laughs) but you know there's a lot of things that doesn't even have to be you know the verbal language so like what brady was saying with um having sex with someone with language barrier you didn't even speak the same language Nope. We just saw each other from across this, like, club. Started dancing. One thing led to another. I'm going to fuck you. Yeah. That was that was the eyes you guys gave each other? <laughs> yeah, I mean. At any point, did you feel like it was not consensual? No. No, I never felt like it was not for one second. She was very into me. I mean, like, we, like, locked eyes from across the room. I yeah. started walking towards her. And unlike the typical American girl who turns away and giggles to her friends, she turned and started walking towards me. We basically met in the middle of the room and, you know. Danced. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And Danced. Yeah, danced. <laughs> Quote, unquote. And then danced some more. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, you know, we started making out. And then the dancing out. got horizontal. Yeah, eventually. And so, but I mean, she was always, she was always a willing participant i mean i'm trying to think of like so let's talk about what it maybe looks like a when cultural it's difference not consenting what are some things that you think that without someone saying no shoving someone off kicking somebody in the face like, how do you know that they're not consenting participant what would be some things you've seen or heard or heard other people's stories i mean i remember in <laughs> i remember in junior high you could tell that, you know, a girl didn't want to do a certain thing if she made it difficult to do that certain thing. Yeah. Like, no, I want to keep my pants on, you know, or sort of like keeping her legs together when you're still doing that, like 13 year old finger blast sport. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's an interesting question because some people, um, aren't necessarily going to be extremely enthusiastic about whatever it is mm-hmm. you're doing to them. Maybe they're or nervous wanting to too. do with them because they're nervous, yeah. but they want it. Or maybe they really prefer to be submissive, mm-hmm. but they don't know how to talk about that, have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just act submissive, you know, and, and you're like, well, is this really what you want? How are, you know, how, how do you ask? How can you know, yeah. How are you going to tell me? So it is a lot of it's body language. It's facial expression. Um, but I like to get the verbal consent. 
Yeah. That well, makes me feel better. Much easier when you have an established relationship with someone. You know their personality. You know some of their quirks. You know, mm-hmm. like, things that their body language, if they're kind of, like, tensing up or whatever, you notice, like, what that means. Are they tensing up because it's cold in the room and my clothes are off? <laughs> or am <laughs> yeah. I tensing up because I'm not okay with what's going on? Yeah. And so... Of course, that established relationship is going to be easier to get that nonverbal consent and kind of be on the same page. Um, but what if it is just someone you're hooking up with it's a, or a group sex, you know, mm-hmm. session? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, someone new and it's kind of, you know, and I only ask that because it's so different for everybody else. And there is no right answer for that. Oh, yeah. No, like at all. Um, you can't expect everyone to understand what you mean. Unless that you say it in a clear, concise, assertive way. (laughs) That is the only way there's, you know, no miscommunications. Like, I would hate to be like an accidental. This is a stupid term. I don't know why I was going to use it. I was going to say accidental rapist. (laughs) I don't like that. Like, it just came out of my mouth. I want to vomit. But, like, I really don't want to ever feel like I forced someone who was not okay with it. No. Wouldn't you feel terrible? Yes. And that's why so many men right now are kind of, I don't want to say pushing back with the Me Too movement, but they're scared. Yeah. They're scared that they did something wrong. Because they don't want to identify with that. Not because they, that. they did it on purpose, but because they did it with a lack of education. Yeah. The lack of understanding what consent can look like and can't look like um, for other people, how to set boundaries. And I say men and as, you know, the aggressor and kind of, you know, the other way, just because generally that is, but. There's always that exemption, and I'm going to keep saying that forever and ever because I'm learning more and more. Um, you're actually having a lot of men uh, our data is changing with um, men coming forward about sexual abuse and um, and things like that because we're giving them better avenues to talk about it. Instead right. of like, you know, you, girls chat, we go get the hair our hair done in a hair salon we're one-on-one with like a stylist or whatever for a while um a lot of a lot of um you know things come out during that time things like that but like guys aren't gonna be like hey let's go shoot some guns and i'm gonna tell you about how my wife you know well, forces me to have sex it, they're, but yeah. also what messages do we give men who yeah. come forward and talk about that stuff right mm-hmm. i mean people taunt them oh completely for, yeah, for for being uncomfortable with it and they don't believe that they can be raped. Well, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you you must have liked it or and were turned on <laughs> if, you know, if they successfully raped you. And that's absolutely not true. What and happens when you go into a cold room? You get goosebumps like you can't like yeah hold those down no no it's you know there have been plenty of cases response. where yeah people have had a physiological response to their rapist and and it was completely out of their control and they mm-hmm. blamed themselves or someone else blamed them for, um, you know, for wanting it or, or said, well, you, you can't be a victim, you know, in yeah. that case. But we, this, uh, this is a perfect opportunity to talk about our friend who we won't name, but, <laughs> but Bert and I have this friend who, whenever she gets really drunk, um, gets super handsy mm-hmm. and it's, she crosses lines wouldn't you say Bert yes <laughs> he's a man of many words yes. <laughs> I feel like the pendulum has overswung yeah and it's it's not okay for her to just 
touch him anywhere she wants without consent just because she's a woman and he's a man. Mm -hmm. But that's what's happening. And, and, you know, I don't know, Bert, how do you feel about that when, when it happens? It's okay if it doesn't really bother you, but I'm curious, you know, like what's your, what was your initial reaction and how do you feel about it now? You know, it's funny. It, it doesn't bother me. Um, not because I'm attracted to this person or, um, afraid or whatever, you know, I just, I, and I know her, um, fairly well. I know that it's not, um, she's doing it playfully and, uh, it's, it's a tough situation, right? I mean, she's, she probably shouldn't grab my dick or <laughs> start kissing me, you know, um, right. or whatever. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a tough question because I, I don't feel like I'm being assaulted. Like I don't, I don't feel out of control. I feel like, yeah. I feel like if I said, if I said no, that she would completely respect that. Yeah. Um, but does it make you uncomfortable to say no? Cause you haven't before not made, made her stop, but you also haven't. Maybe a little bit to be honest. Yeah. You haven't necessarily enjoyed the attention from her. It's not, it's not invited. Yeah. It's not. Ooh, I like that you said that. It's not unwelcome. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I feel very neutral about it. I don't know. It's almost as if she's. It's the person who didn't say anything. I understand exactly what you're saying though. Yeah. Just sort of like, yeah, I mean, that happened. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, I mean, I'm not looking for it. I'm not in, like you say, inviting, I'm not going out and causing this situation to happen, but I'm also not like at this level. I'm okay with, whatever I, I think I that, yeah yeah I think that maybe that's a little bit of a guy thing where you kind of get that I feel like if she was okay I'm just gonna say this if she were a man and bigger than me and backed me into a corner physically or something like that that would scare me or even backed you into a corner socially yeah I've got mm. you I've got all these people that I know who are gonna probably laugh at this joke with me yeah or laugh at me doing this to you and you have no power now I have to yeah. say no to everybody in the room not just that one person mm. so yeah and and it, it, it could be you know my feeling about it could be completely socialized because uh, you know I was raised in a home where the girls could do no wrong you know sugar and spice and everything nice <laughs> and the boys were all snakes and snails and puppy dog tails and we were shitheads and you know mm. couldn't do much right so um you know that has that probably influenced my present um yeah that's uh if it had been the other way around where the boys have been you know encouraged and and supported Maybe I would feel differently. I don't know. A lot of it feeds into how you're raised. Yeah. For sure. And maybe what I'm about to say is too controversial. And maybe you should edit it out. <laughs> but but I also wonder if as women we're socialized to care too much and to be too offended by anything that is borderline sexual assault. You know what I mean? Like that the pendulum sort of overswung. Overswung, like mm -hmm. the that kind of playful stuff. If the gender roles were reversed, I think people would be appalled by what she was doing 
to him, mm-hmm. you know, um, if, if a man started like grabbing pussy at a party or grabbing a woman's breast in a playful way, that would be completely unacceptable. You'd have so many people stand up. Everyone would, yeah, would there. Well, I guess depending on the party, but at our party, everyone there, you know. This wasn't one of your group sex parties. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, would have, you know, called him out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would be disinvited from any future social events. But yeah. But, you know, she's she continues to be invited, not to all things anymore, but (laughs) but to a lot of things because um, because she's a woman and it's it doesn't seem as scary or offensive. So I think there's a really unfair double standard there. Huge, huge double standard. I think a big thing is, you know, like you said, it wasn't invited, but it wasn't like unwanted you know like you weren't like oh my gosh I feel violated I feel super uncomfortable but give me the opportunity to say yes or no Mm -hmm. just mutual respect on giving the me the opportunity don't assume I want it don't assume I don't want it you haven't asked me you don't know yeah um because that's something I I was getting a little bit frustrated you know with a recent you know conversation and you know, they were kind of saying like, well, we just assumed. I was like, don't assume. Just give me the opportunity to say yes or no. Right. That's why I'm frustrated. Not because whatever, you know, because yeah. I'm a FOMO over here. <laughs> I hate when people do fun things without me. <laughs> but it was really like, just will you just please ask, you know, yeah. like that's all I'm asking. And then don't stop asking because tomorrow it might be yes. Maybe today I'm just drained and I don't want to like hang out with friends yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And that's why I think where, you know, those assertive boundaries that come in where you consider the other person. Like, I appreciate you asking me, um, but no. Um, also kind of doesn't completely shut down future things that might happen. So, you know, you have a friend who asks you to help them with a business thing or, um, you know, you have uh, someone who wants to come over and hang out kind of thing or like invites you to everything social thing that they have you know and you said it like i would love to go but i can't mm-hmm. you know just saying that like don't keep stop inviting me because maybe one day i might be yeah. able to go and can and whatever yeah i say that to people all the time i'm like i can't this time please invite me next time yeah keep inviting me that's what yeah. i always say <laughs> keep inviting me i promise yeah yeah well, our schedules are a little chaotic so i totally feel you on that mm-hmm. one you know time time boundaries are probably the biggest for me currently um Yeah. So that was just kind of my thing. Give someone the opportunity to say no. So even if you don't or yes or no, excuse me, Um, because even if you're like don't want to you're worried that you're the aggressor or the perpetrator, whatever you want to look at that. Um, Did you give them the opportunity? Mm, Did they take it? You know, are we giving people enough of the opportunities to feel like they can finally stand up for their own rights and have their boundaries respected Mm -hmm. when someone does? communicate to their boundaries how often are we personally respecting it so it really does go both ways you have to have a good sense of your own rights how to communicate those boundaries what consent looks like on both parties and then also respecting other people's um it can be so frustrating thinking of like being a teenager and someone's like yeah let's fuck and then the next day be like no you know Mm -hmm. girls would automatically be labeled a tease yeah so then it's like fine 
I'll just do it because mm-hmm. I don't want to be labeled as this negative wench over here because I definitely have a people-pleasing personality. And so that was something so hard for me. So I was like, I'd rather be labeled a slut than a bitch. Mm. Like having to pick one evil over the other. That's awful. So Yeah, but that's kind of, I think, how my logic worked as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you know, frontal lobe isn't there. It's mushy no. still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of just my own experience. You know, there's not... Um, there's no hard and fast rule. There's no uh, black and white. And I think that's why if you can kind of see what that looks like on both sides. Maybe we can slowly inch closer and stop over swinging the pendulum. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us for this very serious podcast today. We had a couple little funnies in there. Uh-huh. Um, but... Lots of super fun things coming up with Patreon. Yes. I'm just so excited. It's been a fun thing we've been working on for a while now. I just I just wanted to say really quick, if anybody's experiencing a rape crisis, they can dial 1-800-656-HOPE, uh, which is 4673. Thank you, Brady. Yeah, no worries. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. If you want to get in touch with us, you have comments, suggestions, questions, you can email us at saltysexcast at gmail.com. And please follow us on Twitter. Brady, what's that? Twitter at saltysexcast. <laughs> we are found where all quality podcasts can be found. That's right, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Republic, Overcast, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Is that right? I feel like there's one or two missing. We're on 10 total platforms, so. Anchor is one of them, right? Oh, yeah. Anchor, Anchor. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like if said, you can hear quality, us, you probably found us. Quality it's podcast. It's true, but you might want to listen to us elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Share it with a friend, and they might have another platform they prefer. Yeah. All right. Well, we will, uh, not, we won't see you. But you we'll will talk. hear us <laughs> again next week. We will come again. <laughs> we will come again next week. <laughs> Stay sexy and salty. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And what's puberty? Puberty? Well, puberty's a lot of things. Here's the piece. When you hear about it first, it sounds very strange. Oh, if it really bothers you, you should see a doctor. Then at puberty, certain glands begin to work, and our bodies begin to change. It enlarges the penis itself. And there's a center opening between those two, which is called the vagina. The sex education you wish you had in high school. Maybe a diagram will help.